there. There's a lot. We have, we have a lot of poorly dressed, poorly groomed Christians walking around today because they have failed to look into God's Word and see what it tells them to do. Hey, it's just like going out dressed in your PJs with your hair standing up and got a cowlick and all that stuff, you know. That's the way some Christians walking around today. Because they have not prepared themselves. They have not gone out. They have not looked in the Word of God to see how God intends for them to live their life. Uh, Warren Wearsby, I was studying this, and Warren Wearsby said this, and I, I thought this was great. He says, there are true believers who are fooling themselves concerning their Christian walk. They think they are spiritual when they are not. It is a mark, and this is what I liked about it, because it talks about seniors. You're supposed to be becoming mature adults, right? That's... We know that doesn't happen right away, but we, you're supposed to be becoming mature adults. And here's what he said. He said, it is a mark of maturity when a person faces himself honestly, knows himself, and admits his needs. He said this, it is, a, it is the immature person who pretends, I am rich and increased in, with goods and have need of nothing. And we have a lot of Christians walking around that need a mirror. They need to look and examine themselves and see what God has for them. So tonight we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about four things about taking a good look in the mirror. Four, just four quick words I want you to remember, all right? We want to remove, we want to receive, we want to retain, and there will be a reward, all right? So that's our four words, all right? First thing we're going to look at is some, to remove. There's some things, and when we look in the mirror, that we need to remove. There's some things that we need to take away. Look at verse number, let's start in verse number 21. It says, wherefore, lay apart. Uh, that word lay apart, it means to take things away. It, it literally has the idea of stripping off some soiled clothes. You ever come in and you have a stain on something, you know? You, you drop something on it and you look in the mirror. You, don't you hate it when you look in the mirror and you've been wearing it that way all day? You know what I'm saying? You know, you got the salsa from Tijuana's right there and it's been there since lunchtime, but nobody told you because you weren't around a mirror. Well, that's what this idea here is in this verse. is the idea of, of, of taking off something that's soiled, taking away something that is ruined, uh, taking away something that is stained. Uh, you know, it also has the idea of like a snake that's shedding its skin to lay it aside, to take it away, to lay it apart. Uh, the, the word I really like with this is it has the idea of pulling something up by the roots, to lay it apart. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 8, it talks about this, and it literally says to put off. And it's talking about like your clothing, to put it off. Hey, another place in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, it says to cast it off. We need, there's some things that we need to remove from our lives. And we're only going to do that as we look into God's Word and see what He tells us we need to take aside, lay apart. Hey, there's some things that we need to take apart, that we need to lay apart. Uh, look at what it says here. I've got, I've got three things, and one of them we find right here in this verse. It says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Hey, we need to lay apart all the weeds in our life. Those things, that sinful things. That we, hey, before we're able to really receive God's Word, which we're going to talk about next, before we can receive God's Word, we need to have a ready, prepared heart. There's some things we're going to have to remove. Hey, whenever you look in the mirror, sometimes there's some things you need to take off, you know. That stained shirt, that long hair. <laughs> sometimes there's some things we need to put apart. And notice what it says. It says, lay apart all filthiness. Hey, this is not just a partial thing. That's the way we like to do it. We like to get rid of certain things and a few things, but the Bible says that you lay apart all filthiness. We need to get rid of all that sin in our life, all those things that keep us from hearing and doing and receiving God's Word in our life. We need to lay them apart, get, get, get them aside, get them out of our life, cast them off, the Bible says. 
It says filthiness. That word filthiness, it, it means filth, disgusting, offensive, repulsive things in our life. And we all have, we live in a world full of filth, don't we? And we need to get rid of that stuff. We don't need to have it in our hearts. We don't need to have that stuff clogging up our ears. The word, it literally, and I thought this was neat, it literally has the idea of earwax in your ears. Like something that keeps you from hearing, like hearing God's word. Um, I used to have problems with this when I was a kid. My mom, my mom can testify to this. <laughs> I used to have problems. I'd have ear problems. I'd have ear aches and stuff. And I'd have wax built up in my ears. I remember one particular office, a doctor's office visit that I went. And I was having an earache. I was at Dr. Thomas's, And he always gave shots. And so I was always leery of shots. But this time he didn't. They brought in this thing. They were going to clean out my ears. And it was, it was like this huge syringe-looking thing. And, you know, I, you ever see the little ball, the little blue ball that they clean here? I was thinking that's what they're going to come in with the nurse, you know, and I was all right with that. They came in with this metal syringe-looking thing. It's like one of those shots that you see on the old comics, like the Acme things, you know. I was like, good night, what is this thing they're bringing in? And they took it, and they put that thing in my ear, and they, I mean, they pulled in the water. It was probably some sort of saline so they could charge you like $100 for it, but I'm pretty sure it was tap water. They pull, they pull it in there. They stick that thing in my ear, and they just, you know, and all this ball of wax comes out. You know, and how you are when you're a kid, you want to see it, right? Let me see what came out. This big, nasty ball of wax in my ear. And you know what the Bible says about that? We need to remove that stuff. Scotty, Madison, if there are some things that are keeping you from hearing God's word in your life, some filth, some sin, I mean, let's just be honest here. You need to get rid of it. The Bible says to lay apart all of it, to get it out of your life. Uh, you know, why a lot of Christians aren't living the, the, for the Lord the way they are is because they have, they have wax in their ears. They have things that are keeping them from hearing God's Word. It says to lay aside all, all filthiness, or lay apart all filthiness, and then it says superfluity of naughtiness. Uh, it, that's sort of like the abundance of, of sin in your life. It, it, it's, it's almost like it has the idea of a, of a garden that's overgrown with weeds. It's, it's like weeds that are out of control, and so there's nowhere for God's Word to be planted. Have you seen gardens like that? My, my front one can get that way sometimes. And, and, and you, you have weeds that are just out of control, and, and the, the Bible says we need, to, we need to pluck those things up. We need to take them out of our lives because, listen, that, that God's Word has got to have a place, and this is what keeps us from growing a lot of times. Sin and our life will keep us from growing. Hey, you know why we don't produce fruit? Why we're not productive for Christ the way that we should? Why we're not seeing other people saved? Why we're not having fruit in our life? Is because we have sin in our life. We have weeds that we need to pull up. So the first thing is we need to remove some stuff. We need to remove some weeds. There's a couple other things that it talks about removing in, in, in the Word of God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It, it, look, it, just turn back a few pages. It's right there, so let's turn back. It's got this same word, but it says to lay aside. Notice what it says. It says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Hey, you know what? We need to lay aside those weeds, those sins, but also we need to lay aside some weights. You know what a weight is? A weight might not be something necessarily bad or wrong, but it's something that keeps us from serving God, keeps us from obeying God's will for our life. It keeps us from completing the race that He has for us. It's something that weighs us down. You know, what is this? It, it could be friends or family that want to steer us in doing something other than God wants us to do. That could be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. 
Hey, that could be, that could be a neighbor, that could be a, a teacher at school, that could be a, a coach, uh, whatever that might be, that keeps us from serving the Lord. The Bible says that we are to lay aside those things, those weights, because all they're going to do is distract us from the race that Christ wants us to run. It could be a hobby. It, 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 sports are great. I love sports. But if sports keeps us from serving the Lord, from hearing His Word, from receiving His Word, it's a weight and we ought to get rid of it. Hey, it, 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 we'll hit some of these. Fishing, golfing, some of these things that men do. There's nothing wrong with them. But if you do them on Sunday and it keeps you out of the house of God and from receiving the Word of God, it's become a weight in your life and you need to lay it aside and get rid of it. All, all, it says, lay aside all filthiness. We need to lay aside those weights. Hey, jobs are great. I think they're important. I think you ought to work. Amen. I'm for it. But if it keeps you out of hearing God's Word and out of the house of God, you better be careful. It's not a weight that's keeping you from doing God's will in your life. I warn teenagers. I do. I warn teenagers. They always want to get a job when they turn 15 or 16. I'm Praise the Lord. I, I, I want to see productivity, and that's wonderful. We want to see people that want to do that. But they get a job where they have to work on Sunday or they have to work on Wednesday and start missing Wednesday night youth group and uh, they, they, they don't make it to Sunday school anymore because they work till 2 in the morning on, on Saturday or whatever it is. And These things start pulling people out of church, start being a weight. And the Bible says we need to lay them aside. One more thing. We need to lay aside the weights, or the weeds, the weights. We need to lay aside the worries. Yeah, look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I'm not going to get through all this. It says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Hey, we need to lay aside, lay apart, remove those worries. You know, we talked about this in Sunday school this morning. I think one of the things that keeps us from serving the Lord more than any other thing is fear and anxiety in our life. We need to lay them aside. Some verses you can look at for this, and we don't have time, but maybe write them down. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. It says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, do you remember the parable of, of, of the uh, talents? Where they gave the de- talents, they gave one ten, one five, one one. The one with ten came back with ten, the one with five came back with five, and the one with one, what did he do? He went and buried it, remember? And he came back and he was before the Lord, he was ashamed. Because he didn't do what the others did, he didn't do what God wanted him to do with his life. And you know what his excuse was? He looked at that Lord and he said, Lord, I was afraid. And you know what? I think there's going to be a lot of Christians stand before the Lord one day and, 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 and the Lord's going to look at him and say, I had this plan for you. I had this purpose for you. And you know what they're going to say? I was afraid. Hey, we need to cast that aside. We need to lay it apart. That fear. We need to overcome it with faith and serve the Lord. So we need to remove some things. We need to remove some things. Secondly, we need to receive. We need to receive. Look back at our text with me. James chapter 1. There's some things that we need to receive. So what are we to receive? We're, we are to receive the word of of God. Look at what it says. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nonness and receive with meekness what? The engrafted word. We're to receive the word. Now what are some things it says about this word? Number one, it talks about it being planted. It says it's the engrafted word of God. First Peter 1 Peter 1.23 says that we are not born again with corruptible seed but with 
incorruptible seed. The Word of God, it's, it's a living seed. It's something that's been planted in you. Hey, you better be glad that when you were a child, they brought you to the house of God. Your parents brought you to the house of God. You got to hear it. It got planted in your heart. It grew in faith, and you got saved. That's, that is the planted Word of God. Notice the second thing. It says, look at the v- verse number 21. It says, the engrafted Word which is able, it's able to save your souls. It's a planted Word, but it's a powerful Word. Hey, this is, this is, the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hey, this Word of God, it's a powerful Word. It's a living Word. It's something that can change your life if you receive it. That's what we're receiving. It's a powerful Word. Hey, notice this. It's a practical Word. Look at verse number uh, 22. It says, be ye doers of the Word. Hey, you know what it does? It gives you a, lot, a way to live, Scotty. Hey, this, this Word tells you what to do. Hey, you know, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all Scripture is given by inspiration for God and is profitable. Hey, this Word that you have is practical. It'll tell you what to do with your life. It'll teach you how to live your life if you listen to it, if you receive it. And this is what we're receiving. And notice this, it's a perfect Word. Look at verse number 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Hey, it's a perfect word. That means it's complete. It has all that you need to serve the Lord. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 17, the, the first verse that we just, all scripture by grace of God is profitable. But the second one, it says it is perfect, and it, which means it's complete and it'll equip you to do God's will for your life. I want you to notice one more thing about that. Look at what, uh, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Of liberty. You know what's so sad about our culture and our world that we live in? A lot of times people think that this word, that being a Christian, leads to bondage. They think that's what traps me. If I'm gonna if I try and live what that Bible says, then I'm gonna be old fuddy dud. You know, I can't listen to that rock music and I can't listen to that rap music and all that that country music and all that stuff that we know is polluted, we know is perverted, we know that has junk in it. Hey, earwax, y'all with me on that? All right. Uh, we, 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 I, I can't do the things that I want to do. I can't drink. I can't do that. And, and it leads me to bondage. But what does the Bible say right there? He says it's the perfect law of liberty. It leads to freedom. Jesus said it like this, John 8. John 8. I, I'm going to turn over there and I'll read it for you. John 8, verse 32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But the verse right before it, Jesus said this. He says, if ye continue in my word, you catch that? If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But you know what it starts with? It starts with continuing in his word. You want true freedom in your life? You know what is bondage? Bondage is when you're trapped in sin. Bondage is when you, when you give in to temptation, and, and, and you give in to the world's pull on you. You give in to drugs. You give in to the sex and the alcohol. And you know where that leads. It leads to bondage. It leads uh, to to ruined lives. That's bondage. But if you obey God's Word and you continue in it, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So we need to receive. What are we receiving? We're receiving God's Word. But how do we receive it? And this is what I want you to catch, All right, How do you receive it? Number one, you ought to receive it swiftly. Look at verse number 19. James 1, 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. We are to be swift to hear. Hey, that means to be ready to hear. 
Hey, that means that we ought to be eager to hear God's Word. We ought to be attentive to hear God's Word. Hey, every time the doors open, you ought to be there saying, Hey, I want to hear God's Word today. Hey, Sunday school ought to be there, 10 a.m. I'm not coming in late because I might miss part of God's Word today. Wednesday night, I ought to be there because, hey, they're, they're, they've got God's Word over there. When I listen to my radio, I ought to be, I want to hear something about God's Word. Hey, each morning when I wake up, I ought to want to read God's Word. I ought to be swift to hear God's Word because I'm eager. I am swift to hear. You know, David's mighty men were this way. David was in Bethlehem, or he was, he was longing to be in Bethlehem. He was trapped in a cave, and he was with his mighty men. And he merely said something like this. He said, man, what I would give for a drink from the well in Bethlehem. That's his home, you know. And he was just saying it. But there was three mighty men, these warriors, and they heard their king sing it. And man, that's all it took. They were all to Bethlehem. They fought through, they had, it, was, it, was, it was wartime, that was, that was surrounded. David thought, there's no way I can get to Bethlehem. But those three mighty men heard it, and they went, and they got him a drink from the well. That's the way it ought to be for us. Hey, man, we ought to be listening to what God has for us. It might not be what this teacher or that coach wants. It might not be what our parents might think, but we know this is what God has for me. And I'm going to follow God because I'm listening. I'm swift. To hear. I'm eager to hear from the Lord. So we ought to be, we ought to listen, we ought to receive it swiftly. We ought to receive it submissively. Notice the next thing. It says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. You know, isn't this just practical stuff too? Now I think this is talking about the Word of God, but isn't this just practical in our everyday life? Wouldn't that help make a lot of our, our lives go a little smoother if we would do that? Amen. Anybody with me? All right. That was just free. Swift to hear, slow to speak. You know, we're often quick to argue with God's Word, aren't we? Maybe not out loud because that would be, you know, blasphemous. But in our hearts, we're arguing with God's Word. In our hearts, we know we've said, I can't do that. I don't know, that's ridiculous, that's crazy. That's, what will they think of me if I do that? So we need to be listening to God's Word submissively. Slow to wrath. Sometimes we can get angry. Hey, we can rebel against God's Word. Let me tell you something. That path doesn't lead to a good place. Notice what it says. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Hey, listen, you'll never fulfill God's will for your life fighting and rebelling against His Word. You need to be slow to wrath. Notice what it says in verse 21. It says to lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. We're receiving the word of God submissively. That's what we're talking about. And receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. You need to be meek. You need to humbly receive it. <laughs> I know sometimes we get to be seniors and we graduate and we think we, we've got it all figured out. Scotty's saying, yes, I do. <laughs> we think we do. But you know what we need to do? We need to be willing to bow to the Word of God in our lives. Submissively, meekly, humbly receive it. So we need to receive it swiftly. We need to receive it submissively. And we need to receive it sincerely. Notice what it says in verse number 22. But be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We need to be sincere about this thing. Not a hypocrite, not an actor playing a part, 
And I think that's what a lot of Christians are today. They might look it, but if they look into God's Word, into God's mirror, they know they're not really true Christians. They're not living a Christian life. And the Bible says that we need to be sincere about this thing. Notice in verse 22, we see a contrast. We see, but be ye a doer of the Word, versus those that are just a deceiver. So we see a contrast of it being a doer and being a deceiver. A lot of people might think they're Christian, say they're Christian, play the part, but are they really receiving God's Word? Are they really doing God's Word? Because until you do it, you've not received it. We come and we say we're Christians. You know, we might want to put it on our resume for work or college application. Maybe it's on our homecoming announcement sheet, whatever that might be, you know. I attend Whitfield Baptist Church. But do you? Are you a Christian? Are you really following the Lord? Have you really received His Word and enacted it into your life? The Bible says this. It says, be a doer of the Word and not... A hear only. Notice what it says. What are you doing if you're just a hearer? You're deceiving your own self. Let me tell you something. If you really look in the Word of God, there's no deceiving. He'll show you. If you, if you take God's Word and you listen to God's Word and you are open about it and you are meek about it and you are ready to receive, you prepared your heart, God will show you. And you'll know. You won't be deceived. So it's not just about being a Christian in name, but being a Christian, a Christian in practice. So we've seen here, we've seen we need to remove some things. We've seen we need to receive the Word of God. And then thirdly, there's some things that we need to retain. And this is where we get into our picture here of the mirror. Look at verse number 23. It says in verse 23, For if any man be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. That word glass is it's, it's speaking about a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. We see the forgetful one there. The one that forgot what he looked like when he looked in the mirror. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So we're talking about continuing to retain some things. And we see the contrast of one who forgets in verse 24 versus the one who remembers in verse number 25. And let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of teens that have come through and they forgot. They made, they made camp decisions. They made decisions on senior night. They made this decision, this commitment. But they walked out and they forgot what they looked like. They forgot what God's Word said to them. They didn't remember it because they didn't do it. And they forgot. And so what's the contrast? The Bible tells us, look at what we are to do. If we want to be a one that remembers and not one that forgets, the first thing we need to do is we need to contemplate. Look at what it says. But whoso looketh into. That word looketh into, it's, it's emphatic. It means to, with a deep intent of consideration, we need to look into God's Word. We need to take a real hard look in the mirror and, and say, God, whatever it is that's wrong, I'm willing, I'm ready to change. I want to consider what's going on. I really want to look at what you're telling me. It, it, it has the idea of somebody bending their back or bringing something close to them so they can really observe it and really look at it, taking a close look at something. The other day, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but the other day was my 40th birthday. I'm trying to get over it. Really, I am. Y'all know I'm having a hard time with it. But one of my gifts was um, some reading glasses. 
And y'all laugh, but the last time I was at the optometrist last year, he said, it's getting time where you might want to think about getting some reading glasses. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not coming back to you ever again. Um, change doctors. Uh, but I got them. Because, you know, it's hard for me to see these little words on this page. They just got smaller and smaller. I don't know what's wrong with my computer or printer. It's just messed up. But that's the idea, is to really take a close look at something, to consider it, to look into it. Scotty, Madison, are you willing to do that in God's Word? Are you afraid of what it might show you? Dear Christian, are you afraid? Because I think a lot of us are. And if we are willing to be open before God, He will show us. So it says that we need to consider or we need to contemplate, but then it says that we need to continue. Notice what it says. It says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth, therein. Hey, this means it takes some time and truly examine the state of your soul. It's like a woman standing in front of a mirror. How many of you men know that doesn't, that, that doesn't happen quickly, right? You with me? You're afraid to raise your hand. All you men out here are afraid to raise your hand right now. You're not going to do it. I was not supposed to talk about this. Rebecca told me not to, right? So I won't. But some women, not Miss Rebecca, Spend a crazy amount of time in front of mirrors, don't they? Because they want to have it all right. Every hair needs to be in place. Every swab of makeup or whatever that would be, I don't know. (laughs) That's for some of you really, really, really painted on, huh? (laughs) Every piece of makeup, every, I don't know, I don't put makeup on. Brush, that would be a good word. Every brush of makeup. (laughs) It's got to be just right before you go out that door. That's the way our lives need to be with God's Word. Are you willing to take some time with God? You know what we do? We, we take time with all these other things, but we're not willing to take time with God's Word. Hey, we're willing to take time at a movie. We're willing to take time at a, a sporting event. Hey, we're willing to take time at school. Sort of have to, don't you? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but are we willing to take time looking into God's Word, allowing it to work in our lives? I know we're busy people, you know. I think we're a little less busy than we think we are. But I know we're busy people. But man, we need to take some time to continue in God's Word. And then it's one that contemplates it, the person that retains it, the rememberer, the one that doesn't forget. He's one that contemplates it, really looks, one that continues in it, takes that long time to spend with God's Word, and then one that carries it out. Talked about this a little bit earlier, carries it out. Notice what it says. The law of liberty, uh, the, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, notice this, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. I've seen a lot of people make a lot of commitments and say a lot of things. I've seen a lot of people come, bring God's word and look the part, wear the nice outfit, all of those things but they leave the doors, and their lives are the same. That is not what it's talking about. That's not what it's talking about at all. Notice what it says. It says that they continue in it, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Hey, this is what it means. It means to truly be changed, truly be transformed. Hey, to allow God to work in our life in such a way that we are different because of His Word. And notice this, the last thing here, last word we have, there will be a reward. It says, this man, 
the one that is a, not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. A lot of people will give you advice on how to be successful in life, you know. You probably don't even want to listen to it anymore. You know, do this, go here, go to that school, you know, do this, whatever. But let me tell you, the Bible tells us how to be successful. If you want to be successful in life, you need to take a good, hard look in the mirror of God's Word. Listen, you need to honestly assess who you are and who God wants you to be. And you need to go out and be it. Hey, you need to go out and do whatever God wants you to do. Because everything else, everything else is vanity. Everything else doesn't matter. So you need to take a good look in the mirror of God's Word. Rod Mattoon, he's, he's a, a commentator, and I, I was reading his thoughts on this, and he said this. This was his, his first sentence, and I think his last sentence. He says, what you do with the Bible will determine what God does with you. Isn't that a thought? What you do with the Bible, that little thing that I handed you, it costs $15, $20 at the bookstore, and we think that's no big deal. But the contents of it are pretty valuable, pretty important. And what you do with that determines what God will do with you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, I pray that you'd help us with this. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take a good, hard, long look in your word. Lord, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes the things that we see repulse of those things that we know don't honor you, God. I pray that you'd show them to us. Lord, may we be open before you. Lord, if there's sin in my life, God, I pray that you'd show it to me. Help me to get rid of those weeds, those things, that, 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 that wax, that, that, those things that keep me from hearing and receiving your word the way that I should. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with this. Lord, we pray especially for Scotty and for Madison. Lord, I know there's so much noise out there. There's so many people telling them this and that, and trying to give them advice, and the world's trying to pull them this way and that way. And God, what we need to do is just find out what your word tells us to do. Lord, may we be settled on it. Lord, may we find your will in your word, and Lord, may we obey it. Lord, I pray for all of us. Uh, Lord, we, we, we all are guilty of being hearers and not doers. Lord, we might even come in here and look the part and say amen and walk out of here and not be a doer of the work. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with this. Lord, we pray that you'd be with these seniors. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless their lives. Lord, we know that you do have a, a plan for them. Lord, we know it's, it's something great that you have for Scotty and for Madison. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to walk in your way and to find your will. We ask this in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're all standing, all standing.